0: Praise the Lord. As I said, we're, we're talking about I choose. So I, this morning, I'm choosing, and we're choosing grace over legalism. Grace over legalism. When you look in the Word of God, you will see that in the salutations and the benedictions throughout the epistles, the word grace. For example, Romans 16 says, The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. Corinthians says... Grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. And then at the end of 1 Corinthians thirteen fourteen, The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Ghost be with you all. Amen. So Father, we thank you for this time we have together. We open our hearts to receive the word of the Lord. We declare that we have hearing ears and an open heart. And we give you praise, Lord, for speaking to us today. In Jesus' name, Amen. So this may, may end up being a, a, about a two-part thing on grace versus legalism, but grace basically contains everything that God has promised and provided during this dispensation of grace. What is grace? Well, grace is free, it's unearned, it's unmerited, it's undeserved love. Grace is the favor of God extended toward us. Grace in the Greek is charis, which is C-H-A-R-I-S. It's the root word for charisma. I like that, don't you? It can also be defined as a favor done without expectation of return. God's nature to you and to me is gracious. The book of Psalms says it like this. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in mercy. So the grace of God is His nature. It's His mindset. It's His disposition. It is His attitude toward you and toward me. Grace is not the ability for us to fulfill the lust of the flesh. In Titus chapter 2 verse 11 and 12, I think they're going to put that up there. But Titus 2, 11 and 12 says, For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men, teaching us. So we see that grace teaches us something. One of the things that grace teaches us is that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly. We should live righteously. We should live godly in this present age. Amen? The righteousness of God ought to live right. He said, be ye holy even as I am holy. Secondly, grace is not founded upon human performance. It's not founded upon compliance with the law or works. Grace also is not cheap. Free? Indeed. But cheap? Absolutely not. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, that great German pastor, said this, Cheap grace is the preaching of forgiveness without requiring repentance. Baptism without church discipline. Communion without confession. Absolution without personal confession. Cheap grace is without discipleship, grace without the cross, grace without Jesus Christ, living and incarnate. So grace is not cheap. What is the grace of God? Well, grace is what flows out of our gracious God. In Ephesians, the first chapter, and I want you to notice in verses 6 through 8, and I want to read it together. Let's go. Read to the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he hath made us accepted in where the in the beloved, verse 7, in whom we have redemption through his blood, according to the riches of his grace. Now, verse 8, wherein he hath abounded toward us in all wisdom. And prudence. Powerful verse of scripture there. The psalmist said this that no good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly, for he is the one who gives us grace and he gives us glory. We see that the grace of God was demonstrated through the life of the master. We know that in John chapter 1, verse 14, it says, And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us and he was the only begotten of the father and he was full of grace and he was full of truth amen grace also could be defined as unmerited favor unfortunately the emphasis has been put on the unmerited instead of the favor of god say with me i have favor, I have favor. because of the gracious god of the grace. that i serve Another definition of grace could be God's riches at Christ's expense. Roy Hicks, when he was down at Raymond in 1977 doing a seminar, he defined grace as the operational power of God. I like that, don't you? Now, grace is God doing something for us we could have never done for ourselves. It is the sum total of all that God did for us in Christ. The grace of God means that we are getting what we didn't deserve. And the mercy of God means we're not getting what we did deserve. So now, when you look at at salvation, how many of you know that we are saved by grace through what? Through faith. And that not of ourselves, it is what? It's the gift of God. Amen? And then I think it's verse 9 says, Not of works. Not of works, lest any man should boast. Okay? So when we're looking at salvation, for example, the grace of God negates human efforts. It negates works, both good and bad. The law could never, ever save us. You know, when you do a study, a thorough study in the book of Romans, you will see in the book of Romans the inadequacy inadequacy of the law based on man's moral dilemma. In Romans chapter 3 and verse 20, It says, therefore, by the deeds of the law shall no flesh be justified in his sight, for by the law is the knowledge of sin. James says it like this, whoever shall keep the whole law and yet stumble in one point, he is guilty of the whole thing. So the only passing grade, if you will, according to the law is you have to meet it 100%. The law was like a seven-foot measuring stick to show us that we were only five foot tall. The law was like a straight edge to show us how crooked we were. The law was like a mirror to show where the problems are. None of us measure up according to the law. And then if you look at the book of Hebrews and do a thorough study of that, The book of Hebrews reveals the inadequacy of the law based on its ceremonies in that they are only shadows. How many of you know that a shadow resembles the substance, but it has no substance? You may see the shadow of an airplane, the shadow of a dog. Yeah, it represents that, but it has no substance to it. Now look at Hebrews chapter 10, in verses 1 through 4. This is all introductory comments on the grace of God. Hebrews chapter 10, in verses 1 through 4. And I want us to read so we we stay active in the service this morning. I know sometimes at at 9 a.m. you could be thinking about another shot of espresso. (laughs) Or another shot of Pete's, or whatever the case may be. I get that. Amen. So let's stay active this morning. Let's read. Ready, read. For the law, having a shadow of good things to come, and not the very image of the things, can never with those sacrifices which they offered year by year continually make the comers thereunto perfect. Verse 2. For then would they not have ceased to be offered... Because that the worshipers, once purged, should have no more conscience of sins. Verse 3. But in those sacrifices, there is a remembrance again made of sin every... That's a bummer. I mean, what if you had to re-up on January 1st every year and get saved again? That wouldn't be very much fun. You'd live in condemnation all through the Christmas holiday because you ate too much. Verse 4. For it is not possible that the the blood of bulls and goats should take away sins. Those were ceremonial. There were shadows of things to come. Amen. They had no power. But there came a day. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That along came Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. Hallelujah. And I love what Hebrews 9, 12 says, Neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood, he entered in once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for you and for me. Amen. You and me, we've been eternally redeemed. We're not about to get redeemed, we've been redeemed. Oh, say it with me, say it with me, I've been, redeemed. I've been redeemed. Woo! Hallelujah! Redeemed by the blood. Placed into right standing with God. Oh, glory to God. I'm so glad that salvation was God's idea. I'm so glad that He initiated it. Man, you get tired and burnt out on religion. Trying to attain salvation by works. I mean, how many our fathers in hell Marys can one guy say? Huh? Oh. Holy Mary, Mother God bless <laughs> It just became a ritual. <laughs> Am I done yet? <laughs> no, thank God, the work's been done. I said, the work's been done. <laughs> Hallelujah. Whoo, I like to shout this morning. Amen. Now, look at Romans chapter 3, verses 21 through 22, and then we'll look at verses 27 through 28. You guys are doing so well. Do you mind continuing to read a little bit? Praise the Lord. I I, I see people are awake today. That's progress. (laughs) Romans chapter 3, 21. It says, But now, let's read. But now the righteousness of God without the law is manifested. Being witnessed by the law and the prophets, verse 22, even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ, unto all and upon all them that believe. For there is no difference. Now, verse 27 and verse 28. Where is boasting then? It's excluded. By what law? Of works? No. But by the law of faith. Hallelujah. Verse 28. Therefore we conclude that a man is justified by faith... amen righteousness which is not by works righteousness which is a free gift that is received by the faith of God because it is a free gift of grace amen Amen. you know there's this woman that was married to a a, a very abusive husband and he gave her 25 things that she needed to do every day and if if she didn't do it she'd get a tongue lashing I mean he was abusive well, one day the husband died, and she fell in love with another man, and he loved her so very much. And one day she came across that old list, and thoughts about her old husband returned. But suddenly she began to laugh. Ha! And she looked at that list, and she discovered that she was doing everything on that list and more. And why was she doing it that way? She did it because she loved that man with all of her heart. And she looked at it as a joy to do. Now listen very carefully. There are many people who serve God and keep his commandments out of fear. That he's some sort of a a brutal tyrant. And that God's going to get you for that if you don't do this. You know what Paul said that was? The Apostle Paul dealt with that in his letter to the church of Galatia. He said this. In Galatians, the fifth chapter in the first verse, he called such legalism a yoke of bondage. That's why he told them, hey guys, stand fast in the liberty. hallelujah. I think we need to stand fast in the liberty. We need to stand fast in the righteousness, which is by faith. He says, stand fast in the liberty wherewith Christ has made you free. But then he warns them, the Judaizers are out there. And they're going to tell you, you have to keep the letter of the law. You have to be circumcised in order to be saved. But he says, now be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Oh, I love it, don't you? John tells us this. That this is the love that we have for God. That number one, we obey His commandments, but He goes on to say, His commandments are not burdensome. His commandments are not grievous. You see, I believe that we must stop trying to get through our own works what He already got for us through His work. Is that a good word today? Look at Hebrews, the fourth chapter, then. Hebrews chapter 4. And I I think we'll look at verses 1 through 3 if we could. If you could pull up Hebrews chapter 4, verses 1 through 3. He says, now, let us, therefore, fear, lest a promise be left Us of entering into his rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. Then verse 2. For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them. In other words, the word's gone forth to us as well as it did to them in that day. But the word preached did not profit them. Now why did the word that was preached not profit them? Well, the rest of the verse tells us why it didn't profit them. Because they did not mix faith with what they heard now notice in verse 3 for we which have believed we do enter into I like to call it the rest zone as he said as I have sworn in my wrath if they shall enter into my rest although the works I want you to read that last phrase with me although the works were what They were what? Although the works were what? Finished Finished from the foundation Of of the world. The first thing I want to say about these verses is this. I believe that the highest form of faith that you and I can have is when we tap into the grace of God and we rest in what's been accomplished already by entering into what's already been accomplished for you is the best thing that you can do. Not by your good looks, not by your education, not by how much money you have or don't have. We access the grace of God through our faith. Now read verse 4 with me. Now we looked at the word finished. Now read verse 4 with me. For he spake in a certain place of the seventh day on this wise, and God did rest. We could say that God rested on the seventh day after creating heaven and earth. He rested because it was... He rested because it was... Finished. Oh, that's good. This is a shadow of Jesus and of the things that would happen in the new covenant when the new covenant was established after the cross. The Sabbath rest represents Jesus Christ. Say it with me, Jesus. You are my Sabbath rest. You are my source. Therefore, I enter in to what you've already accomplished. You said, It is done. You said, It is finished. Therefore, I boldly say, Be it unto me. Be it unto me. According to what you've already done. It's done. It's finished. I think we ought to rejoice in that. Glory to God. Glory to God. It is done. So what do we do, Pastor Mark? We just rest in what's been done. Listen to this statement. There can be no authentic belief without resting in what you believe is already done. Look at Romans, the fifth chapter, and notice verse 1 and 2. Romans 5, verse 1 and 2. glory to God therefore being justified I think of a preacher that went on to be with the Lord a few years back he said the word justified means justified never sinned before therefore being justified by faith what do we have as a result of that we have peace we have peace we have peace peace. I have peace. I'm not worried about anything. How about you? I'm not worried about the economy. Why aren't you worried about the economy? Because I'm under heaven's economy. Amen. I've come into contact with a higher law than the law of the world. I've come into contact with the laws of the kingdom. Amen. So we can have peace. No, notice, we have peace with God. Through our Lord Jesus Christ. Then in verse 2, read it with me. By whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Now let's just keep that up there right now. Let's break that down just a moment. So we access the grace of God by faith. And then once we've accessed it, in it, into it, we stand and we rest while we're standing. But then there ought to, should be some rejoicing taking place. We're rejoicing. Why are you rejoicing? Because it's finished. Because it is done. I'm rejoicing in hope, in expectation, that the glory of the Lord, which proceeds from the grace of God, is showing up at my front door every day of my life. Amen. So here's what faith does. Faith believes and receives what grace provides. Now so many folks struggle. Because they don't believe that everything they need is already finished. They don't believe that it's just waiting to be claimed. It's difficult for some people to believe that Jesus would do something for them without them having to earn it. You know, that can be spiritual pride. The Bible says that Christ becomes no effect to those who are justified by the law. They have fallen from grace. I want you to think about fallen from grace. One side of the coin of fallen from grace is just totally backsliding. That's right. You know, just forget God. I'm, I'm just going to go whole hog for the world and in the world. That's, that's a fall from grace. But the other side of the coin of falling from grace, I want you to think about that, means not just falling into sin, it means falling back into our self-efforts and performance, Amen. Yeah. Amen. trying to achieve what's already been achieved. Yeah. Amen. Somebody says, well, Pastor Mark, I just don't qualify. You are wrong. You do qualify. You are his heir. You are his joint heir. You are a new creation. Well, what do I have to do to qualify? You don't have to do anything to qualify other than make Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, and you are accepted and qualified in the beloved. And that, my friends, is pretty good preaching right there. So, legalism, legalism says we must try to work and finish what Jesus has completed. If I can just make 1,000 confessions about my healing, I know that I will be healed someday. There are so many things wrong with that statement, I don't even know where to begin. If I, if I, if I take I out of the way and put Jesus in the place of I, for Jesus is your healer. You see, when we truly believe, we're freed to receive what God desires to give us. He made you to sit in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Sitting in Him and resting in Him are synonymous. So the true test then of belief is to receive and to rest rest in your healing wrap yourself in some scriptures just open up this book of life and read it and meditate on it and say you know what that's mine I have it now rest in your healing rest in your prosperity rest in Philippians 4.19 it helps me every day of my life. You know, sometimes the offerings are up, sometimes the offerings are down, sometimes the offerings are in middle ground. But one thing I know God is always up. And it becomes my responsibility to stay in this word so that I can stay up. Amen? Because He is the glory and the lifter up of our head. Amen? Sometimes your body feels great, <laughs> right? Sometimes your body feels okay, and other times your body just doesn't feel good at all. Right? It's all right. You don't have to, you know, get under condemnation. But we have the truth, and the truth always trumps how we feel. So if we want to stay healthy, And we want to stay strong. Let's stay in the Word. Yes. Just open this book and say, "You know what? Glory to God!" What does that say? Nehemiah eight ten. The joy of the Lord is my strength. I take that. That's mine today. Oh my my! Oh, look at over here. Wow. Psalms. I delight myself in the Lord. What does He do? He gives me the desires of my heart. Just take the word of God, open it, receive it, and then rejoice. Because it is yours according to the word of God. Amen? Amen. Unbelief doesn't believe it's finished. I believe that you and I can rest in the past tenses of God's word. Say it with me. I rest... I choose to rest, choose to rest. In, what's been in what's been finished. Have you ever looked in the Word of God and discovered how many past tenses there are in the Word? For example, Christ will redeem you. No, Christ has redeemed you. Amen. Colossians 1 says, He has delivered us from the power of darkness and He's translated us into the what? Jesus. Kingdom of His dear Son the past tenses of God's word will give you a present tense blessing in your life. Hallelujah. I like it, don't you? Now, we do not serve a taskmaster. That is why every day of our lives, we need to choose grace, which comes from the good shepherd, instead of choosing legalism, which comes from the devil. You know, if you look carefully over in the book of Exodus, you will see that the children of Israel were driven into hard bondage. They were subject to Pharaoh and to all of his servants. And they made the children of Israel work and work and work till they could hardly breathe. And some of the things that I see in the Word of God, where in Exodus it says this, and the taskmasters forced them to hurry, saying, "Fulfill your work, your daily quota." As when there was straw. Also, the officers of the children of Israel, whom Pharaoh's taskmasters set over them, were beaten and were asked, "Why have you not fulfilled your task in making brick, both yesterday and today, and before as before?" So what what was laid at their table was impossible goals, unachievable standards. No matter what you do, children of Israel, it's never, ever enough. And that, my friends, comes straight from the pit of hell. There is a spirit that will try to pass as the Holy Spirit, but it is not the Holy Spirit. It's a religious, controlling, condemning spirit. And folks who get under spiritual compulsion, what happens is they live in a pressure cooker of religious expectations and religious condemnation. You see, God doesn't want us to live in a frantic state of being afraid of making a mistake, fearful of missing God, continually living like we're displeasing Him and not measuring up. A voice sometimes comes along and may say, You're not praying enough. You're not studying enough. You're not giving enough. Now that might be the Holy Ghost. And <laughs> You're not confessing enough. You're not witnessing enough. You're out of the will of God. And the list goes on and on and on and on. And as a result, some people take the yoke of inferiority, feeling condemned and feeling rejected. Some folks get under the yoke of religious obsession and get into hyperactive works. You know what we need to do? We need to choose grace over legalism. We need to discover and to wear the yoke of Jesus. And every one of us, I'm talking about me and you, all of us, we need to reject comparison. Come on, somebody. We need to reject comparison. We need to reject compulsion. And sure enough, we need to reject condemnation. You see, we need to know the true nature of the shepherd that he has for all of us. In closing, Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30, and we're going to look at the message translation. Put your hand over your heart and say, I choose to live in the grace of God. I choose to declare it is done and to rejoice in what has been finished for me. Amen. Now, there are works that we are to do, but those works are not works that we do to get salvation. Those are works that we do because we are saved. And that's a whole other subject that we don't have time to tackle this morning. But notice with me in Matthew uh, chapter 11 and again verse 28 through 30 and we'll look at it in, the, in the, uh, ampli- uh, the message translation. Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? I think everybody is. Come to me. Get away with me. And you'll recover your life. I will show you how to take... A real rest. Next verse. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Good idea. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Next verse. Keep company with me. And here's how you, what you'll learn. You'll learn to live freely. And you'll learn to live lightly oh hallelujah let's move away from being religiously driven instead what do you say we become spiritually energized in order to do those things to gain God's favor in our life all we simply do is receive by faith amen did you get anything out of this morning